Oh, it's your boy, Mr. Franchise. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Johnson, but you might know me best as Mr. Franchise. If this is your first time joining us, this is the podcast where each week I invite out friends and foes alike to discuss films, rate, review, compare, and contrast, and all that fun stuff, but only when it comes to your favorite franchises, reboots, remakes, sequels, cinematic universes, that's what we're all about. As always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Mr. Franchise Pod, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all your other favorite podcast apps, such as Stitcher at Plain Old Mr. Franchise, and you can find us on Shore Loser on Instagram. Oh boy, don't forget to stick around to the end for some recommendations of what to watch and listen to in the coming week, and I'll let you know what we'll be chatting about next week. Without any further ado, I'll let you hop into The Mummy 3 and The Scorpion King. The prophecy will be fulfilled. Destroy us one by one. Tomorrow my victory is complete. A warrior who would become their only hope. I know the prophecy. I have seen it. Live free, die well. Right on. Welcome to the Scorpion Gang. We nailed it, gang. <laughs> I've got two guests back from Mummy and Mummy Returns. Kate Bateman. And Jason Vazvella. Ready to take down the Scorpion King. Was this 2005, 2006? I forgot to write down the date on this one. It might have even been 2004, because I feel like this one they were developing kind of in succession with the Mummy, from like the writer-director of the Mummy 1 and 2, Sort of had another story idea. So. I have 2002 here. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. We were freaking... so which, which director was it? Uh, Steven Saunders. He did it? He did uh, this one as well? Uh, no, he didn't direct this one. He uh, helped write it. Uh, Chuck... Um, yeah, Chuck on somebody. His, like, Chuck Russell? Maybe? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and I was looking at his IMDb. He, he was okay. It seemed like he didn't quite have like a resume of hits, but... Um, yeah, executive produced Collateral, the Michael Mann movie, and oh, he did he did uh, the third Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, mm. which I thought was pretty groovy. It was mm. like the one where the kids like fight back using their dream powers. Cool. So. Mm. And, oh, and he also did Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger and The Mask with Jim Carrey. Oh, so it's nice. like it was like this isn't quite the same wheelhouse, no. but he's. <laughs> definitely a man who can slip into his movie and not like feel like his fingerprints are all over it necessarily, but I like it. Yeah, so I thought it was a great first shot of there's like one gross one-eyed dude in the snowy vista and he gets smoked by the rock's crazy throwing star mm-hmm. as he like sneaks up on that uh, like barbarian outpost in the wintry zone. Himalayas or wherever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. 
There's like just this one-eyed dude like <laughs> looking out and gets smoked like that. And then they're sort of having their barbarian party and the guy's like, we've killed everyone. We've killed we've killed Vikings and we've killed Asian warriors, but we've never killed an Acadian. Right, um, right, right. Like that vibe yes. of uh, rock popping into slay a room full of dudes to save his brother. Yeah. His brother looks nothing like him. <laughs> I feel like that's a staple of the franchise. It's like, nah, as long as they feel like a sibling character. Yeah. That's all that counts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the first thing he does is launch three men in, flying through the air with arrows. With bow, yeah. It's yeah, like, there were some pretty cool... That, like, there's a lot of bow and arrow in that movie. Like, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that moment, I was like, okay, they're cheesing it up a notch from right. yeah. The Mummy and the Mummy Returns. But it's like, I feel like in the set design, they still sort of hit that mark of like really lavish costumes and settings. Yeah. And Great costumes. I, the Rock is like an interesting character because it's, I don't know much about The Rock. I've read some interesting articles with Dwayne Johnson and he sounds like a nice guy. <laughs> like I'm kind of on his team. But like for a, and he, I see how he's a hero because of like just his stature, but also uh, like he's just got, it's hard to take him seriously too. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, his baby face maybe or yeah. something. Like there was part of me was just like, okay, okay. Yeah, and like, yeah, for a first movie, like the, his first movie ever was Mummy Returns. It's like he's headlining a movie after being in two scenes. Yeah. So like, I feel like he did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. He's got just like, even when he's not necessarily like being the most like nuanced actor, it's like he's got this weird charisma where it's like, I'm just enjoying watching you fight. Right. And like his physicality is like, you can tell he was, he came up as like a stage fighter almost. Right, like, right. It's like, I don't believe that you were going out and winning a lot of real fights, but like, I <laughs> think he's just got like the, knows how to make a fake punch look real and yeah, take right. a hit. From his wrestling. Yeah. Point, yeah. Yeah, the movie for me was, was, was starting off with like a, yeah, it's like, where is this going? Where is this going? To like, over time being like, okay, like you're kind of, you're, you're, you're fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. It's like they, they find their own sort of tone within the, yeah. like, mummy universe. Mm -hmm. kind of. And yeah, uh, he defeated the leader of that barbarian gang. I liked that by like, he wraps a noose around a guy's neck, rides his body down, and drops a chandelier, or raises the dude up with a chandelier yeah. to hit the ceiling. That's that was like, so cool. So, such silly action in this one, but they just go like full tilt from the first scene. So, yeah. I, Memnon, the bad guy, I thought like one of the things that could have kicked this movie up to being like on the level of the mummy movies if if they got a stronger villain yeah it's like especially like they had talked to chow young fat really about being the villain and i was like he would have been iconic oh. but his agent apparently vetoed it because he was like oh chow young fat doesn't play villains and i was like what Whoa. Mm. yeah but like i firing my agent after that yeah, exactly. It's like, I, yeah, I feel like if we had, like, a slightly more magic in the movie or, a, like, 
more iconic or charismatic villain. Like, charismatic for sure. Yeah, yeah I agree with like, that. This guy wasn't bad, but it's like I could have dealt with like. Wesley Snipes in here, or maybe like the bad guy from True Lies was yeah. really solid. And when I wrote that down, I was like, even Arnold Schwarzenegger would have been like, <laughs> give me like a full out crazy villain. Yeah, and right. like, that could have kicked this up a full star in my notch. But it was still like, he was a serviceable villain. Yeah. Actor, I thought. Mm. He's like the greatest swordsman. Uh, I don't even. I don't know if I've ever seen him again. Somewhere, uh, Stephen Brand. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything else. But yeah, I can't say that I have either. All right. Yeah, he was all right. I mean, yeah, it was like he was inoffensive, but it's like I wanted like that juice of like even Michael Clark Duncan as like yeah. the dude who runs the other tribe. It's like he would have been a strong villain. Yeah. Like, he had mm-hmm. such good presence. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sort of that guy who became king of that horde who swept across the land by being the greatest warrior. So he's sort of Spartan vibe of they, their people respect warriors, basically. And uh, he wins because a sorcerer predicts every battle he fights, so he's always prepared. So then we sort of come to a meeting after Rock has saved his bro of all these tribes getting together to be like, okay, we gotta take down Menon's sorcerer. And then, stop him, yeah. Yeah, and sort of the leader of all the tribes is a wise old man, and his son is the cocky youngster who doesn't want to sit back and do nothing. He's like, oh, I want to run the show. And Michael Clark Duncan intimidates him with a nice little handshake. <laughs> and after he uh, reveal after dad of the tribe reveals he's given up his fortune to the Acadians to kill the sorcerer. It was one of my favorite lines when he's like giving him the strong arm, strong arm handshake, Michael Clark Duncan to the little son. He's like, if I'm no king, then why are you on your knees yeah, before me? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, you guys are at least trying to get that mummy vibe. Right. Death is only the beginning. <laughs> What was the name of the old man? Um, Roger Reese. He was in Cheers. Yeah, he played Robin Colcord in Cheers. Nice. His old ancestor (laughs) in ancient Egypt. So crazy. Yeah, and then they sort of go to fulfill their assassination at Memnon's camp. And just once again, they bring back horse versus camel in this yes. one. It's like the rock prefer, prefers a good camel. His I camel love that. His camel character. was such a great character. Like I think that was the movie where I started to realize, like I love camels. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like it, his face was just so expressive and charming. And when in that like end scene when the when he's racing, to, like near the end of the movie when. The rock has to get somewhere, and he's like racing with the camel. The camel's just going for it. He's all heart, as you said. It's just yeah, last time is so cute. Yeah, and even like, yeah, when his like little like sidekick guy gets introduced in this next scene, there's a scene where he thinks he's dead in like the city, and he's like trying to pull the camel yeah. away. He's like, oh, forget about him. He's dead. Yeah. And the camel's like, mm mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so my master. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So yeah, we get. One of the best lines as they enter the camp, live free, die well. Yes. The brothers separate, and yeah, uh, the rock goes into like zip line across the camel rope, <laughs> like that. And here we meet one of my favorite characters. 
played by Grant Heslow. Yeah, George so Clooney. talented. He's George Clooney's writing partner. Yeah, I know. So it's like, it's won Oscars for like, um, Good Night and Good Luck. Yeah. And like, the only other movie I've seen him act in was uh, True Lies with yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Cool. Which character are we talking about? The horse thief. Yeah, the thief guy who sort of becomes oh, his sidekick. And what's his name? Grant Heslow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's like great in True Lies. He's like making fun of Arnold doing the tango, and he's like dancing with um, Tom Arnold doing the tango and making fun of him. Oh, I love seeing this guy, and it's like knowing he's a genius level writer yeah. is like, and also the silliest actor. It's like he was really silly. He was fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, it was like I feel like he knew exactly what movie he was in. He what was accent at. was he? Riding somewhere in Egypt. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I was at one point. I was like, I asked that Jason. Jason was like, uh, he's American. Yeah, exactly. It's like American putting on the lightest of Egyptian tints. <laughs> but yeah, he like, I love when he's sort of zip lining in and kills that one dude midair. But then the camel sits down to take a break. So then he like gets dropped down and has to fight some other guys. And that guy's like, oh, thank goodness, so you, you've heard about the ransom on me, and immediately just punches him in the face. Out. He's like, I don't have time for your <laughs> stories, sir. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, watches his homies get arrowed. As Total ambush, eh? out, And then The Rock escapes. Yeah. Like, as Stone Cold to see his brother die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, I'm going to complete my mission. i got to get in there and kill that sorcerer turns around sorceress it's a lady (laughs) it's like even the rock is like oh i don't know if i can kill you so quick now you're beautiful yeah great to see kelly hugh in there she's uh i feel like she doesn't get enough good work but i've seen her in like i mean cradle to the grave with jet lee (laughs) she's in that and she was on a great classic 90s kung fu show with Samo Hung and Arsenio Hall car- called Martial Law. Oh, I never saw that. The first show created by Carlton Cuse, who also did like oh, Lost, yeah, yeah. He's The Leftovers. He does the Bates Motel, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bates mm-hmm. Motel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I felt like she held her own. Yeah, totally. and like yeah, I was glad she got to bring some of the magic element back yeah. into it. Because I felt like if they even sneaked in a little more magic, I would have been okay with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they did, like, it was almost a shout-out to the first Bond movie with Roger Moore. I'm blanking on the title right Live now. Live and Let Die? Yeah, Live and Let Die. It's like the one where he's talking to the sorceress. And Solitaire, they, yeah. They use the same rules of, like, oh, she can't sleep with a man or else she'll lose, lose her powers. Yeah. But I like the way they use that in this movie. Yeah. Like at the end, it's like, oh, that's something my people tell like kings just <laughs> to, to keep, keep their, their hands, hands up. up. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's like I like that vibe. <laughs> yeah. So then she reveals that Matthias has been betrayed, but she's also like sort of on his side. Mm-hmm. We find out, but Memnon catches him and slaps him around, <laughs> and then Traitor Boy comes in with his dad's head. Thought that was a yeah. gnarly touch. Yeah. yeah, very gnarly touch. Mm-hmm. And then she has them spare him by being like, 
the gods are in his favor, yeah. and you nor any of your men can kill the rock. So he's like, how do I kill him without killing him? Yeah, oh my god, and then comes up with the nastiest solution ever. Yeah. Like, again, like, what? Yeah, I don't like, know whether it's just scarabs or fire ants. Yeah. It's like... It's like, stuff of nightmares. I've wrote down that this fire ant scene is way better than the fire ant scene in the fourth Indiana Jones. Yeah, movie. right. I was like, Spielberg, go watch the Scorpion yeah. King and learn a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, no, outclass, yeah, outclass Spielberg and George Lucas on this one. <laughs> But yeah, Grant is in the next hole over and he's just out like a ghost. <laughs> so funny. Rock looks away for one second and it's like, that man's been drinking yak piss all day. <laughs> he's going to have to... How did he get out is my question. Yeah. Not magic. Magic. That's... Same way Owen Wilson got out in Shanghai Noon. <laughs> dug himself out with chopsticks. <laughs> But yeah, I, I was totally okay with that. <laughs> Sneaking out in their reluctant partnership. Yeah. Like, yeah. Reluctant partnership at best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like the rock was like, okay, I sorta need to help you out and like that guy's like, Well, you are a fierce warrior, so you'll probably keep me alive. It's like like that. And then yeah, uh, Kelly reveals that she sees their armies conquering in the West. And then it's the scene where uh, Memnon is making tigers fight for food, which I was like, mm. jerk, dude. Yeah. It's like, That's your pet cats. Something yeah. called the SPCA. Yeah. Like. Definitely got enough food to go around. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, we sort of find out a little more about his character or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I want to make a thousand years of peace. And have you as my bride and she's like no one ever gets peace from years of blood basically and I'm like that angle and then she's like oh but you can't have me or else I'll lose my powers and he's like oh well after that point I won't need your powers <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're a pretty cocky dude <laughs> so then uh, Rock uh, <laughs> sneaks into the city with the horse thief by just like clocking him in the face and he so throws good. him over the camel and he's like, I brought you this thief. And that guy's like, oh yeah, I know this, this dirtbag thief. <laughs> yeah, so then the rocket's robbed by the precocious little, little kids. Kid. Yeah. yeah, I like that sort of them playing football with the yeah. bag of gems and then he's like, oh, where's this little boy? Tapping on all the barrels like... It's oh. like, oh. It's like, and he feels the sack and he's like, mm -mm. open your mouth, kid. And the kid's like, it's worth a try. <laughs> but then he's like, would you like to earn this one? And the kid does. Mm -hmm. Takes him into Memnon's keep. <laughs> and then they're creeping around and like they see these shadows approaching and the, the rock's like, okay, I'll kill half. You kill half. And the kid's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Oh, I forgot, not everyone's a fierce warrior <laughs> like me. Okay, I'll kill all of them. <laughs> it's like, even those lines, I was like, I liked The Rock's delivery of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's all Yeah, And then they, like, meet the mad scientist who would go on, I'm pretty sure, wasn't it the same guy who played the pilot in the third Mummy movie? Uh, pilot in the third? Yeah, like, there's yeah. the... No, it's not. 
It's not. Okay. But he did play the captain in Titanic. Okay, because I was like, both of those guys were in Game of Thrones. Like, Was the guy in the Scorpion King in Game of Thrones? I thought he was I as know well. the pilot in the third Mummy movie was. He's the... Yeah, he worked with, like, the lady in red. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. And uh, Baratheon's brother, yeah. but... Um, I'm gonna have to check Scorpion King because I thought that was the same actor right. straight up. I was oh. like, it's like, how would you? Ever... Oh, okay, yeah. So it was Bernard Hill. Yes. Yeah, but it was like those guys have the exact same. They're vibe. very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like if they were father and son. I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Oh yeah, and he was in Lord of the Rings. He's sort of uh. the Riders of Rohan. Right on. <laughs> Good to see both of those guys. Yeah. Show up. But yeah, uh, burr, 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 they're almost shitty. Uh, in the Memnon's place. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Just going through my notes. And they meet the scientist making his gunpowder. All foreshadowing to China coming up yep. in this movie. <laughs> and then we see Memnon training in the courtyard. And it's like, okay, you're a pretty badass warrior. Yeah. Pretty man on the acting front, but a badass warrior. <laughs> <laughs> and then the kid gets caught. And The Rock is like, dang it. Like, yeah, do I shoot Memnon? Do I save the kid? Yeah. Do I yeah. shoot Memnon? Do I save the kid? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, Dirtbag's son is like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to cut this kid's hand off. And it's like, damn you. So then The Rock ends up like, okay, I'm going to shoot. But he shoots the sword of that dude who was like, you should have just shot that yeah, dude. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it saves the kid. So it's like, okay, The Rock is becoming a better dude. <laughs> and then he is an epic game of cat and mouse after that mm-hmm. running around uh, through Memnon's castle and then he sort of falls into the room of all of uh, the harem yeah exactly <laughs> and then oh, you're so strong yeah, they're like oh let's like hang out and like oh you should stick around it's like oh there's kind of a chase going down ladies I don't I don't know if I buy it and then all the guards burst in they're like boom 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 take him down and he's like oh Hide behind this gong. <laughs> and escapes using the gong as a shield. Well, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Yeah. Action going down. And then yeah. And then he does an epic fall off the wall into a yeah. pool. Yeah, and then like the the guard head guard pushes two guys out <laughs> with him, and they both hit either side <laughs> of the roof, and it's like oof, out. Brutal death. But even the rock is like breaks through the sort of like thatched roof part, and like. You think he's gonna land in this luscious looking bath of water, boom, <laughs> just hits the ground. Yeah, and then it, um, the sorceress is in said pool. Naked. Mm hmm. Mm. And he's like, whoa. But she's also got a dagger. She's yes. like, mm hmm. Don't mess with me. I saw this coming. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, somehow he, like, flushes the bath yeah, like a that toilet. Yeah, that was one confusing part to me. She, he's like, hold your breath or something, right? And then all of a sudden they get flushed out the bath. Yeah. And right. it's like, how, like, if why would they make a drain big enough for humans yeah. to go into, like, straight-up sewer? <laughs> and then they go from the bathwater into, like, what looks like sewage sewage. Yeah. And then into, like, a fountain. A fountain. And it was like, none of these should be connected. <laughs> should not be drinking that lady's bath water or sewage. <laughs> Just pre-Saint Goliath, no thank you. 
And yet we see Grant's character cracking wise at the bar after The Rock is <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you passed out? And he's like, the last thing I remember is a big Acadian <laughs> fist. <laughs> yeah. So then The Rock sort of escapes and he's like, oh, I guess I got to get out of the city because stuff's going down. So he's trying to steal the camel. But then The Rock takes the sorceress as his hostage and catches Grant in the act and he's like, it's my camel. Okay, hope you like walking. <laughs> And they're like, oh, let's go into the Valley of the Dead. And he's like, there's a reason they call it the Valley of the Dead. <laughs> where people go to die. And this is my favorite part coming up. Yeah, they're like heading into the valley and like... The Memnon's guards are chasing, aren't they? Yeah, and they give him, he gives to his guard this scorpion venom dipped mm, arrow. Yeah. He's like, I want that in that king. And then, is it... Uh, yeah, they yeah they're still like, tr like camping along in the valley of the dead, and she tries to sneak off at night. Yeah, like that vibe. And then the rock is like, "Go free if you want to, but like uh, you're probably better off with me." Yeah. Yeah. Well, once he hears her story, how she was just like a basically a kept woman, yeah. but and then he, she doesn't really care about Memnon. That's when he cuts her free, and he's like, "Go free if you want. Like yeah. I'm not gonna hold you." back if that's like I felt there was a moment of like yeah. sympathy or empathy yeah, there. Exactly. It was like I'm not the same dude as Ben Mom, I'm not here to keep you, but it's like you should probably come with us yeah. if you want me yeah. on to go. But he gives her the choice too. Mm -hmm. It's like he is her best shot at seeing Memnon dead, so I think mm -hmm. she's like, Okay, I'll stick with you but now we're a team. I'm not a yeah. capture captive in this one. But then yeah, I know your fave yeah. part's coming up when the men catch up and then there's like the sandstorm yeah, going down. And they're like, he's attacking. The sun has fried his brain. <laughs> but then all of a sudden this sandstorm breaks over to the top of this yeah, that dunes so, so as this funny. camel and rock are running full speed at these. And you're sort of like, why is he putting on that leather mask? Yeah. And like, that's yeah. like, protect your eyes. Yeah. And then the sandstorm hits and they find that cave. Yeah, that was a great scene. That was like, such a cool I scene. I think that was probably my highlight of the movie. Yeah. Because, like, it was a cool action scene, but it was also, like, sort of playing on, like, a horror vibe. Yeah. Of, like, the Rock is, like, the slasher taking totally. them all down. Yeah. I'll hide in this nook and cranny. Yeah, exactly. I'll hide under this sand waterfall. Yeah, that sand waterfall <laughs> is, like, that's really cool. And then the last dude sort of gets, like, yanked through. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was rad. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it sort of comes down with him and the last goon. And, like, the last goon guy sees everyone else's bodies appearing all around him. And he's like, okay, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Back into the sandstorm. And him and Matthias fight off. But I... Can't, can't beat the Scorpion King. Mm -hmm. Or at least it's a tough... Uh, it is yeah. tough <laughs> but he does hit him with a cheap shot right before he gets iced and venom to the leg. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Sort of an Achilles heel moment of like, stab you in the leg and like, you are a super strong guy, but I got you with a really weak move. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I was surprised yeah, that uh, I was like, how are they going to get out of this one? Then Kelly uses a little magic. 
Yeah, she sucks it out of his mouth. <laughs> I know. I was yeah. like, where is this going? I mean, he's dying, and then she's like, I'm going to take this opportunity to straddle you <laughs> in my, like, like, like thread outfit. Yeah, it's like, you probably could just so knelt she's over like, him. <laughs> she's, like, straddling him. I'm like, what is she, like, what's going on? And then I, then I found out what she was doing. It's like, this is, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like... Just getting the shot. Mm-hmm. They're really pushing the scorpion angle as well. They're like, if he lives, the blood of the scorpion will always come nice, through his yeah, veins. Right. It's like, yeah. Well, he is the scorpion king, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then Memnon's crew is getting antsy. They're like, where's the sorceress? Right. It's like, our men want to know that we're going to win these battles or else we won't fight. Which is, I, mean, I can understand if you're getting used to winning rigged fights. So. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was like, they come across the scientist randomly in the desert with gunpowder, and I was like, how did you get out into the Valley of the yeah. Dead? But yeah, one, one plot hole, but I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, swallow that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's not too many of those in this. Uh, I'd like, yeah, I was actually mesmerized at how little, like, I thought there would be bad things in this movie, and I was like, it's not really anything like super offensive as far as like bad dialogue or mm. anything or like yeah, yeah. huge plot holes or anything. It was like, man, huh. overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we find the oasis, right, at, the, at that point? Yeah, and then Michael Clark Duncan, the rock, <laughs> goes down because he's like, you can't stay here. And then some lady's like, hey, this is a sanctuary for everyone. Yeah. And he's like, not for this sucker. <laughs> and then they have their little wrestling match. And uh, the first moment of the fight, which is one of the coolest moments, was an accident when they run at each other and bash their swords together. Yeah. They were not supposed to break. Really? They kept that? Yeah. They, like, they just, both of their swords snapped in a way that seems like it was planned, but it's what? like, cool. there's probably like five seconds after they cut that where both dudes are like cowering from shards yeah, of sword. Right. But like... Yeah, that's so cool that they kept it. Yeah. They kept that shot. And it looked like it's just super cool. Yeah. Just like, it was it was a surprise moment in the whole like in the whole movie. I was like, wow. And then I kind of trailed off in my mind for a bit. I was like, does that ever happen? Like, what does that mean that they're both equal warriors? Like, I was like searching for like what that meant. <laughs> That that happened? That's so funny. It's like you see versions of that in other movies where it's like two guys shoot at the same time and their bullets hit each other. Two guys punch each other in the fist. But I feel like that's probably the coolest version of that. Yeah, Yeah, because it was a surprise. It read, there's something special about it. So it totally makes sense that it was unplanned. It's like, hey, we're about to have a sword fight. First sword (laughs) clash. It's like, okay, no more swords. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So that wasn't supposed to happen. No. It was supposed to be a sword fight? I think there was probably supposed to be at least a little back and forth. And then they like... Ah, uh, you smack your sword away, you slap mine away. But that like, uh, is amazing, because then it was literally there are no more swords. Yeah. Yeah. Then like, they boxed man. for a while, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, it's cool. That's so cool. And it's like they definitely resisted throwing in like rock wrestling moves, yeah. which I was okay with. But there was one moment, like th- ten seconds, they sneak in like rock's wrestling theme song into this oh, movie. Really? I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, it was like it's so subtle that I didn't notice until like I read it, went back, and I was like, wow. Wow. Like, no it's just snuck in with the other sweet guitar licks that are <laughs> in the soundtrack. There was like, yeah, that was like, what, what's the soundtrack here? Yeah, like Last could, night when I was going to bed, I was like, <laughs> like yeah, that's like, what I was thinking of. Godsmack did the song, <laughs> I Stand Alone for this song, so if you remember that 
sweet jam. <laughs> I stand alone. It's not good, but I don't know why that was like, oh, Egypt. Hard, yeah, like, early 2000s yes, rock. Right, right. Like, yeah, I thought that was a bit odd, too. Stick with the classy soundtrack, like, one and two. Yeah. But yeah, they're, um, yeah, having their battle, and the rock defeats him, and he's like, do you yield? And Michael Clark Duncan's like, never. And I was like, you guys are about to be best friends. Yeah, I like that. It was a nice... Doesn't he say, you're an idiot? Yeah. Like, at some yeah, point, I think like, like, he says, you're, yeah, you're a fool, or something, or something like that. Yeah. Have, but it's like you're a fool but I respect you because yeah. I would have said the same thing <laughs> and then yeah we see Grant has love in the background losing an arm wrestle to the Amazon ladies <laughs> yeah. like to that touch and then Kelly foresees death for the village yeah. and sees Matthias get iced by Memnon yeah so. and she does it's like she doesn't want to see it and she's already kind of mentioned or maybe she hasn't mentioned that her prophecies are, are like ripples on a on a lake, like sometimes they come true, but yeah. sometimes they don't. Yeah, exactly. It's like they are possible futures. Mm -hmm. And then she gives away her powers, or does she? Yeah, she mm -hmm. sleeps with the rock after he catches her trying to sneak off, and he's like, stay, like, we gotta see our way through this. And then she does leave. Yeah, she totally pieces she out. She goes back to Memnon. Yeah, which I was like, come on. But it was strategic. Was it? She shows up right on time to be he, like when the warriors are just like sneaking in, right? Or is that, am I uh, thinking the right uh, time? When Memnon's warriors are starting Memnon's to lose faith. Memnon's warriors are like, about the yeah, they're starting to lose faith, yeah. and then he's like, "Well, she's here. She's just not here right now, but she's here." And then she's and then like, she "Here I am, my lord." Like, yeah. And she's like, "I was feeling a little under the weather, yeah. but I'm, I'm ready to rock." I'm fine now. Mm -hmm. Wearing my like diamond g-string. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like my. Two, like, two centimeters of clothing, <laughs> basically. And then, yeah, Matthias sort of teams up with the people in that village, and Michael Clark Duncan's like, let you go alone? What glory would be left for me? It's <laughs> like, I don't like where you're coming from. <laughs> so then, yeah, Kelly's back with Memnon. Gives her a nice little test. And there was another, yeah, like... Kind of a jerk, the hey? test of the cobras? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a pretty intense scene where she's, like, reaching in, and then the first one's good, and he's like, okay, you were lucky. Go again. And, and he's like, you're different now. I can tell. Mm -hmm. You've got your fearful. Mm -hmm. Such a... And then she grabs the cobra. Yeah, that was, like... That was awesome. And then tosses it at him. I was like, oh, you should have got him with that snake sooner. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I would have liked her to see, like, to see her whip out some other magic there mm. and be like, guess what, Memnon? Yeah. There's a fireball or something. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure one of the palace guards, there's, like, the scene where they're, like, inspecting the wagon full of, like, courtesans that have been sent for Memnon. And I'm pretty sure the one palace guard is this other wrestler, Rikishi. Yeah, he looked familiar. Yeah. He looked familiar. He's definitely a wrestler, but okay. I'm pretty sure it was Rikishi. Right. Because I was like, you're a friend of the rock right. for sure. And then he's like checking out all the ladies, and he's like, ooh, and then Michael Clark Duncan is one of the ladies. And I was like, happy to see that. <laughs> all dolled up. <laughs> yeah, she uh, does the snake jar test. Then the ladies are fighting the guards, all the Amazon yep. ladies and Michael mm -hmm. are going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and The Rock is, like, trying to climb his way up the tower, and then, um, 
sidekick, comedy comic relief, and gunpowder scientist are going underneath at the same time to try and blow it all up. Yes, big yeah. plan A. Mm-hmm. Everyone's splitting up. And then, yeah, the treacherous son is like riding up the stairs, and he's like, oh, I gotta help out. And then, yeah, sword, snake, and firefight is <laughs> what I wrote down for when the rock like bursts into the room and she's holding on to the snake, and then like some fire gets knocked over, and he's gotta fight his way out of there. That was a pretty good scene, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It was a good like action scene. There. I was like, I can tell I was watching the action thoroughly because my notes are very light on that portion. I was like, right. Man, that was some good action. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kills that dude, and he's like, this is for your father. Yes. Rock's like, I was paid to do a job, so I'm going to do it. (laughs) Can't stop me. Hmm. And then, yeah, they have their fight where Memnon's got the two flaming swords on the roof. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a cool moment. Yeah, and they're going back to flashback territory. Where she, her vision? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where she sees the rock die. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's like, how's it going down? I'd like, I barely remembered how this movie wrapped up so I almost thought she ended up taking the arrow for him and dying which was what was happening she runs for it and he's like no not gonna happen yeah oh man I'll take my medicine yeah exactly so it's like she saves him without taking the bullet for him which is like best of both worlds because I was like fully prepared for her to die and I was like what's going down he looks so pained when he gets that arrow Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is like an arrow in your shoulder. Yeah, I know. Your back. Gonna smart a little. <laughs> so he pulls out the arrow from his back, knocks, knocks it, it. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm gonna take you down, Memnon." Catch this, Memnon. <laughs> the Memnon's like, "Okay, you definitely shoot arrows faster than I'm used to catching them," <laughs> and then gets smoked off the building as it explodes. Yes. Yeah. It's like he's, he's done. Double flying through the air. Yeah. Yeah, and then they sort of have their little wrap-up, and she's like, oh, maybe I still see the future. (laughs) It's because she's like, oh, you'll rule peacefully for many years. And he's like, oh, really? How many years? And then she's like, nothing lasts forever, because he's got to turn evil and become the Scorpion King. Right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I just thought it was kind of a wise answer. She gave it both times, both to Memnon and to him. She's like, well, nothing stays the same forever. And... Memnon was a bit of a weirdo when he answered, but then when The Rock answered, The Rock answered with such an American answer. He mm-hmm. was just like, well, then we'll just have to make our own destiny. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but I like that uh, little wrap-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the Rock just he got paid out the yin-yang for these. No way. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty... Like, I wrote down five and a half million, but I'm pretty sure that's just for, like... His stuff in Mummy Returns. Yeah, Mummy Returns. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he got the Guinness Book of World Records for highest salary for first time leading man. So yeah, maybe that was five and a half million for this one, mm-hmm. and then like he still got paid an arm and a leg for Scorpion King right. and like Mummy Returns together. Yeah. So, and it's like that launched a career that is only so like, like he's. Got the nickname Franchise Viagra from like every time a series is starting to fail, they're like, 
uh, get the rock in here. <laughs> like you replaced uh, Brendan Fraser as the lead man of the Journey to the Center of right. the Earth movies, yeah. which like he was in the second one. They're doing a third one with the Rock. Uh, like Fast and the Furious started making insane right. money when they got him, and GI Joe the first one was like a mess. Also directed by Stephen Sommers of the first movie and the second movie. But then they bring the rock in the second one, and it was like, this is way better. Right. Neither one's particularly good, but. But, <laughs> but he like story. I feel like his story. Remember, I read that article. He, his like life story is pretty. He like grew up in like a trailer park. Yeah. Like I feel like his like his yeah. like life story is pretty modest, but like he's totally yeah. hardworking. It's like his dad um, was a American wrestler. dream. His yeah. dad was yeah. I feel like there's something about him that's kind of like annoying in in that he's. A product of the American dream, like one of the few that it actually comes true for. Yeah, exactly. um, but it's also really sweet. Like you're also like I'm like on his team. Yeah, yeah it's like it's he's a guy to cheer for. He's a, he's yeah, a exactly. good guy. Yeah, it seems like he's a nice guy. Totally. Like, yeah. Doesn't come off as like. Remember, like, I read that article, and afterwards we were both like, huh. Mm-hmm. Like the Rock, like like he changed his agent that year, and like all those good things happened to him. And so the article was about how like he just needed to make an, an agent change, and then all this good stuff started happening. And for like a week, two weeks, we were like, oh, Jason, and I were like, what would Dwayne Johnson do? Yeah. <laughs> what would the Rock do? <laughs> what would the Rock do? Sometimes you just got a rock bottom life and <laughs> give it the people's elbow. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, even he was like actively trying to keep the wrestling references pretty low just to mm. be like, okay, I'm an actor, but yeah. I'll still throw up my eyebrow mm. just to give a little taste. <laughs> one shot for the trailer. <laughs> but yeah, overall, where did you guys land on this one? It was good. It was a good movie. It was a good action movie. I enjoyed it. Um,. Yeah, it was it was a cool story. I think it was a good introduction to the character of the Scorpion King. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant Heslov was great. The camel was a great character. Mm-hmm. Loved the camel. Um, <laughs> Sorceress was really good. Um, yeah, it was. A, I really enjoyed it. I would recommend this movie to people who like action movies and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, antique action movies. Yeah, exactly. um, the little sword and sandal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, With, you know, a, a touch of mysticism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would probably give this. Uh, I'm gonna say like a four point two. Yeah, four point two. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Um, what would I do? I guess after I watched it, I was like thinking about. It, I was like, for me, something was missing. I don't know what it was. I didn't really connect to it. Like, I connected to it generally. Generally, I was like, okay, this wasn't a total waste of, of like, two hours. Mm-hmm. So generally, I was like, okay, that was watchable. Mm-hmm. It felt, like, watchable. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Like, little things did connect. Like, The Rock got better. I kind of warmed up to him as it was going. The Heslop mm-hmm. character was, like, enjoyable to watch. Maybe it was just because I was like, how is this related to the Mummy franchise? Cause, and I'd grown to like the Mummy characters so much that relating this to that was a sidestep. So it was sort of like, okay, this is just new. I wouldn't watch it again, I don't think. Like, unless, like, I had 
no choice in the matter. Like everybody else was doing it, and I was at a retreat <laughs> or something where I didn't have a choice. Um, I guess also like the female characters in it, the sorceress was awesome, but like it was just like all the women in it were just like wearing nothing. <laughs> they were like like just like awesome, sexy babe bodies, very few lines and all of them seductress, temptress lines. Mm -hmm. And the sorceress was smart and like intuitive and a good actress, but like she was also just like a hot bod. So I think, which is fine, but cause so was, I don't know, there's just something about that that was a little alienating for me. Cause I was like, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just like, it was not as interesting to me as other movies have been. Mm -hmm. So, what did I love? I, you're right, those, some of the action sequences were cool. This quicksand scene was, like, dangerously cool. Mm -hmm. That sandstorm scene was awesome. I totally grew to love camels, and now I want to take an archery class. So some good things came out of it. I think the movie on its own, I gave a three, a three, I guess a three. Yeah, I'll say three out of five. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably land somewhere around a three, like, I almost want to go, like, 3.2, because it's, like, it's definitely, like, The Mummy and The Mummy Returns are just, like, great. Like, they're mm. classics, and I feel like this one's still, like, it captures that vibe a little bit, and, like, the sets and the costumes, I'm like, hell yeah, we're still in, like, the ancient Egypt lavish world of, like, gold and all this great-looking stuff, but feel like yeah the characters were just not as strong as like the dialogue between Evie and Rick is just like dripping off the page yeah. it's just like delightful but it's like I still feel like this is like a solid entry into the mummy canon mm -hmm. I wish like they did totally like leave this open-ended enough to do another Scorpion King movie to lead up to him kind of becoming a villain mm. for the mummy movies but then like the rock sort of like negotiations fell apart for a second uh, one so then they did like four straight to video ones right. with like uh, everyone has like a different scorpion king i think and i was like why would yeah like why a would you waste that opportunity yeah because yeah, like i felt like they could have definitely like if they threw a like crazy ass villain in this one it could have been on that level of the yeah. mummy or even like added like some mystical element to Memnon. I could have been like, that might have been the extra oomph it needed. Right, but yeah. like, overall, I would still say if you love the Mummy movies, you'll love this movie. Yeah. If you love The Rock, you'll love this movie. And it's like, I certainly will not revisit this as often as The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Right. But like, I have, I'll still be back. <laughs> I might have been a little generous with yeah. my fourth. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's yeah, like, cool. it's still like, it, like, I was thinking back to it and I was like, there's nothing bad yeah. in it. It's yeah. like, there's no, like... And it would have been so easy to have cheesier dialogue or, like, more, like, outrageous CG. But it was, like, the fact that they didn't really have any computer-generated yeah, stuff. Exactly. It was, like... It was, yeah. like, I could have used more of that mysticism, but, like, them being a little more reserved was, like, played to their strengths. Yeah. And it was, like, yeah, that... Like, there's still some great scenes. Like, the sandstorm scene was, yeah. like... That's definitely a Epic. classic whole action scene. Yeah. So, yeah, like it and highly recommend it if you love the Mummy movies. So. 
Cool. Yeah, with that, we'll take a little break and then we'll take a little trip to China. <laughs> we found it, Professor. It's the tomb of the Dragon Emperor and his army. This is incredible. 2,000 years ago, China's Dragon Emperor conquered half the world. Now, he is returning to finish the job. Here we go again. Here, Here we, we go, go again. again. Oh, a quote from the great Rick O'Connell in what is the third and final film in the Mummy franchise, 2008's Mummy, the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. This time we're swapping in director Rob Cohen, famous for doing the first Fast and the Furious and Triple X films, so it's usually the tone with which he works in, and uh, I feel like he's definitely hitting his pocket on this, of like, yeah, that's a cheese ball movie for sure. <laughs> and he also did the third Alex Cross movie, oh, and, yeah, nice. the one with Jack from Lost and mm -hmm. Tyler Perry, oh. yeah, Medea's murder mystery. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, great to see China in this one. Yes. Like, that's yeah. probably the so best element of this great. movie. Yeah. Yeah, even like the intro in China of like Jet Li and his crew sort of taking over. And then the bad guy from Romeo Must Die is his right-hand man. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's good to see a little reunion with him and Jack. And, like, yeah, I wrote right off the bat, it seemed like a huge scale. Like, it seemed like they were sparing no expense in the Chinese, yeah. like, sets and stuff. Well, isn't there, like, an opening sequence with, like, that, like, amazing... Um, booby trap with the arrows, the thing that spits arrows. It was almost like being on the inside of a clock. Like yeah, that's, that's a little it's into it. Into it? Yeah. Wow, it was so cool. But yeah, I was like, that's a wild invention. And apparently mm. that actually, like, the reason it's been so slow taking out all the terracotta warriors from the temples in China is they actually have to deal with booby traps like that. Really? So, like, the crossbow, auto crossbow shooting thing is actually, like, something they took from history. In wow. That is, that's what I figured, because yeah. I was like, that is too cool and innovative for just a couple of Hollywood cool, like, innovators to have come up with. I don't know, yeah. it's just, that seems so ancient yeah i was like reading that i was like that is like kudos to you china for having the coolest booby traps and yeah. like i give credit to this movie for digging that deep mm. to get that out because <laughs> yeah jet i thought jet lee was looking amazing with that stash goatee yeah. combo right off the bat yeah. it's like i don't know if i've ever seen him with facial hair but you liked it suits him looking dashing <laughs> <laughs> and yeah he's sort of working his five element magic we're yeah. finding out his story which happens to very much somewhat mirror Emotep's story except it's like his right hand man is falling in love with someone but he becomes the mummy instead of his like right. dejected right. sidekick bro 
But yeah, I've seen Michelle Yeoh in here. I had mm. no idea she was going to be in this movie, yeah. so that was a very pleasant surprise. She's the girl from Crouching Tiger. Yeah, and yeah, she was also in, uh, she's a Bond girl in one of the Bond films mm-hmm. with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah she's she, so good. Yeah, and like, even in like smaller roles like Sunshine, she always like, even in this movie, like she brought some like caliber to the yeah. scene totally. she was in. Yeah, agreed. It's like I could always... Th- feel the scenes get better even when like Jet Li was on screen I was like he's I felt like he was underused in this movie as like the mummy's in it a lot but we barely see Jet Li yeah oh interesting yeah and like he just wasn't available for that much filming which is why there was a little more mummy action but it it worked within the confines of the film Mm mm-hmm but yeah, he Jet tries to call dibs on that witch after he sees her. He's like, that's a fine-looking witch. Yeah. <laughs> and his buddy's already had some sparks flying. And, and he sort of sends them off to find a book that'll find eternal life. But as they're on their little sabbatical, they start to... Find a little eternal love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they hook up, and then um, one of the guys is like peeking through, and he's like, oh, I'm telling the general. So another king betrayed and another magic book yeah. <laughs> brought back. And then I felt like if they're going to do another book, they came up with a pretty badass book. Mm. The, like, bone book with, like, yeah. Chinese written down each little thin bone. It was a really cool book. And I was like, if you're going to bring back the magic totally. books, that's a great way to do yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, um, he sort of betrays his homeboy, and he's yeah. like... Oh, these men will pull him apart. With horses, ouch. Oh, so yeah. brutal. But again, like, they cut away just before you actually have mm-hmm. to see that. But it was still, like, brutal. Yeah, that's something a horse would do, not a camel, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Camel's not going to pull you apart. Yeah. <laughs> they know better. And, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, because he doesn't want... Uh, Michelle. Seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he kind of puts it... Puts an end to her, doesn't he? Yeah, and yeah, she's like just done the incantation in Sanskrit, so he wouldn't understand. But then she's like, "Oh, I actually already betrayed you." By good, the way, yeah, good thing because you just stabbed me. <laughs> yeah, and that was like, she was like, "Oh, you'll not keep your word if I, even if I say I'll marry you." Then he's like, "Ah, good call. He knew it." That <laughs> just betrays his homie. But yeah, that mud coming out of his eyes, that was super gross. And it's like, it felt like they were like, okay, it's 2008, not 2001, let's just go all out on CG. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, you might not have always looked good, but I feel like they always did crazy shit. Like when Mm -hmm. Jet Li turned into the mummy the first time, the statue, I was like, that's pretty gross, because it goes from like, mud out the eyes to like, turning into stone to like being on fire yeah. and yeah. exploding I was like yeah I was doing all the things at once but <laughs> it, was, stops. Yeah. it looked pretty bad yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah one question I wrote down early on was like could they have just written Evie out of this story instead of recasting her? Because mm. I was like, maybe, like, what if, like, it was a little more contained and, like, Rick was just alone in China and that's where it popped off. Because, like, mm. I, like, I love Maria Bello, but it's like, I know her from 
being an American woman and having an American accent. Yeah. I, I, just, I just wasn't buying her as a Brit. And it's so hard to, to be coming from Rachel Weiss being like just absolutely Was nailed Evie yeah. to recast her and it just like it changed the whole dynamic yeah. um, it changed the whole character there was there was no longer that sort of sense of uh, play innocence um, yeah it's like just like she was electric with Rick in the first two yeah. movies and now it's just like some of the lines were just falling flat for yeah she was just it was just a little bit wooden and yeah and yeah, I feel like even like Evie and Rick and Alex all kind of get dumbed down in this movie a yeah. little bit. Yeah, like, I agree. They treat Alex more like a child in this movie than they did in the movie where he was, <laughs> he was, a, little he was a child. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a good point. It was crazy. Yeah. The stuff they were saying about like, there's some stuff where Rick was like, yeah, I might have been like too focus on keeping him out of trouble and Evie was like yeah I might have been smothering him a bit too much and I was like no. I was like, did you guys watch the second movie before you did yeah. this because I was like yeah. I, I don't buy that in the journey that you guys have already taken yeah. and then they sort of had one blatant line of like oh that's just how I write her in the books I'm nothing like yeah. her and I was like you guys think you're being really clever right now <laughs> but yeah, maybe that was their way of trying to be... Yeah, they were like, people like, will joke about this, so we should beat them to the punch. Right. Yeah. But, kind of, yeah, I was like, you're just drawing more attention to a problem. I know, I kind of felt for her. I actually just read that she, um, that actress, that Maria Bella, who I don't feel very familiar with, had always wanted to be a, a like an action heroine. And had given up on the dream of it, and then she turned forty. And on her fortieth birthday, Rob Cohen, Cohen, yep, called her up and said, "Do you want to be? Do you want to replace Rachel Weisz in the Mummy movies?" And she's like, "Sure." Was Rachel Weisz not available, or did I, she not want to do it? Or she had recently had a child, but uh. like, there's like conflicting reports because the director was like, the director said something that I'm like, "You are making yourself sound like a like." sexist idiot with this line which is like tacitly untrue just from reading it but he said Rachel didn't want to be in it because she didn't want to be on screen and to have a 21 year old son in like as her son she was like oh I don't want to seem that old and I was like that's BS but like Rachel Weiss, like some people said she read the script and was like that's no. garbage go right. fix it they spent another year on the script and it was just as bad and she was like well, I just had a kid, so I can't go to China ah. for three months. Right. But actually, you're gonna make a terrible movie. Uh, right. right. It's and, conflicting reports. And even the Magi was supposed to like they wrote him in and wanted him back, but he was like, the he was like, if Imhotep's not back, there's no reason for me to be in the right. story. And it was yeah. like, good answer. Good answer. Yeah, both of them. I mean, like, like that's like that's a great answer. And that's like, there's no way that wouldn't have been a great payday for that actor. Yeah. yeah. But it's like good to him for sticking to his guns because it was like he kept uh, his integrity yeah exactly it's like he kept that off his resume so well then I think you're right you know like they should have just written her out of the movie yeah. rather than totally replace her with someone who's completely yeah cause now I feel and... for Maria Bello too cause sure she got her action shot but now everybody compares her to Rachel Weisz right. yeah. or whatever exactly. and they're also just like oh she fell flat or all this stuff that we're saying about yeah. their chemistry not being mm -hmm. awesome yeah. which doesn't really do yeah. her much credit yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously she's not 
Rachel Weiss. Yeah. So, you know, like, you can't fault her. And no. she did a good job for, you know. Yeah, what yeah. they gave her? She yeah, absolutely. Totally. But, like, yeah, even, like, the character of Evie wasn't on the page either, yeah. I feel like. It yeah. was, like, they were making her be, like, oh, I'm the, like, ball and chain. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have fun anymore. Yeah. And it's, like, I call bullshit. Yeah, like, totally. your character was all about the adventure. Yeah. Although there, well, there was one moment when whatever they've agreed not to go on any more mm-hmm. adventures or whatever and then somebody is proposing in their living room proposing yeah. to them that they need to go to China and soon as they said I remember the person proposing was like well it is a little bit dangerous and the looks on both Brendan Brady's yeah. face and her face were just like it was like they just turned on they were right. like dangerous it's like okay we're ready for an adventure yeah, yeah it was pretty that, that was a cute moment I thought mm-hmm. it was probably just a director decision but I thought it, it worked yeah I definitely noted the banter was not popping like it was after number two. Like yeah. In number two, they just felt like so comfortable in their skin as those characters. For sure. And I was like, you aren't pretending to be Rick. You're Rick right now. Yeah. Whereas like in this movie, there were a couple lines where I was like, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They introduced new Alex around this point in yeah. China. And I was like, you're all right. He's like not bringing anything special, but doesn't mm. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I wrote down that there were two like record scratch type gags where they like cut out the music to like punctuate a kind of like not so clever sex joke in the first thirty minutes. There was like really? two moments. Like I wrote it down at, during the second one where like Evie's like walking up to Rick like. I'm ready for you to inspire me now, and then like puts her hands down on him, and there's like music playing, and then it like it's like, it's like yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, it's like that would not have made it into either of the other movies. I was like, that wouldn't have even made it into the Scorpion King, and Godsmack made it into the Scorpion King. But I liked the booby traps in the Chinese temple. Was yeah. So cool. Like I was like, okay, the acid again. Then it was like automatic crossbows. And mm. then I was like flying discs, <laughs> Wild Wild West style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to decapitate people. But yeah, I liked um, yeah, those high-end booby traps. And that like a few of the dudes actually die. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, uh, they sort of... Yeah, I noted at this point I found the setups to be way less subtle in this movie. It's just like, okay, we're like, Evie and uh, Rick get drafted by the Chinese government to go to China. They do sort of justify this as like the other dude, like tricking them in the end later. But then it's like, Jonathan's just living in China just to speed up the plot, basically. Right. It's like, there's really no reason that he would have gone to China to open yeah. up his emo cat bar. Yeah. But which was a cool name yeah. for a bar. Yeah. Like, honestly, and if anyone's going to open it, Jonathan's the man to do it. Right? I liked like, that angle of, like, <laughs> yeah. having the dancers painted in gold, but yeah. I was like, that would be a very traumatizing thing to have to think about all the time. Like, yeah, we almost died from, like, these ancient mummies a bunch of times. I'm going to live it every day of yeah, my life. I'm going to go to work and think about that. But it was good to see that he didn't blow his fortune away a second time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and it's just like Alex happens to be working on the stake site. It's a very convenient yeah. plot. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite convenient. 
1947 Shanghai during Chinese New Year's, which is while we're recording yes. this. Yeah, so, which is interesting. Yeah, it's Chinese But New that Year's wasn't day. shot in China, was I, it? Uh, it was well, not Shanghai. They did shoot, uh, like, the director, the reason he signed on is because he was obsessed with Chinese culture, so he was, like, pushing to shoot in China, but I doubt that was actually in yeah, Shanghai. Yeah, because I remember, like, looking for it, and then the few scenes in Shanghai were all kind of in the same Shanghai like street with the same yeah. Shanghai like right. background I was like oh that's totally studio done yeah it's like they yeah it seemed like they didn't go as all out on China as they did with like Egypt and yeah. other movies I, yeah I felt like I really like got to live in some nice parts of Egypt and, yeah like, the Oasis vibe and stuff and even like the Great Wall stuff in this one, I was like, you're kind of just in an indescript desert. Mm-hmm. And I was like, would it even look like that in right. China? Or are you just trying to make it look more like the other Mummy movies? I don't know. Yeah, so, good point. Good point. Well, there was the Himalaya stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, that cool. yeah, I liked that location. Oh, beautiful, yeah. I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that gets a little wild. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... They get to the bar, and uh, Alex is trying to make time with another man's lady, and Rick just so happens to know him, and he just so happens to be a third roguish pilot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, guys. Because <laughs> they just had Mad him. dog or something? Yeah, exactly. But I like that actor as well. Yeah, he's good. It's like, with what he's working with, he's, he's doing a good job. Yeah, but I was like, yeah, this is the point where I noted... I didn't really like where they were pushing the character arcs for the O'Connells in this one. Like, Alex was so independent in movie one, and now he's sort of like, oh, I'm, like, dropping out of college and, like, going on adventures, and his parents don't approve, even though, like, mm. his mom couldn't get into school, the school she wanted to forever until she figured out all their theories were wrong. So, and, like, I feel like their family was all about being, like, uneducated but, like, knowledgeable and, like... Right going on these adventures, but now they're trying to make him feel bad about it to a certain extent. And, that's, yeah. and then, like, Rick says, at one point, he's, like, trying to be a supportive dad, and he says the line, hey, Alex, this is all really big stuff. And I was like, Thumbs up. I was like, how did that make it into a script? You literally just said nothing. <laughs> and it's like, I, and it, I knew what they were going for in context. It's like, trying to have dad be supportive but kind of like accidentally talk down to his son but I was like there's no way there wasn't someone on set who could have been like okay just say something else (laughs) I did like uh, Lynn Mm-hmm. The but she was kind of like a magi, right? Yeah, like, it was like if they were gonna remix it, Ninja's a pretty cool angle yeah, to go on. Yeah, and yeah, I I really liked the effect of like them t- sort of taking Evie's blood to turn like the metal casing into like those tiny snakes. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. but that was like another moment of like okay, there, there's a moment where it's like okay, the snakes fall away, but then it's like okay, that wasn't enough, so we need to do, like, four more CG things in this shot. Right. So then it's, like, it turns red, and you're, like, whoa, and then it, like, turns blue and blooms like a flower, yeah. and then there's, like, a super diamond inside, and I was, like, it looks cool still, but I feel like it, this movie takes it one step too far. Overreaching right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and it's neat. not even like they can't achieve it. It's, like, yeah. they, they pull off the graphics, right. but it's, like... Just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean you should. should. Yeah, good point. 
Yeah, but I did like the mummy horse vibe. Like, yeah, you know? through the streets of uh, Shanghai. Yeah, I was like, that's a definite, like, cool addition. And, like, that was a pretty cool chase. Yeah. Like, there, there was some fun moments in the, yeah. like, they wake up the mummy and, he, like, he starts riding the horses and then they chase him out and, like, I don't think, Jonathan's not there, but it's... Jonathan's on the truck with Evie on the yes, firework truck. yeah. And O'Connell's on the horse. Yeah, he rides the mummy horse. And Lynn and Alex are on the King, wagon yeah. with the... King carriage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, there was some cool stuff in yeah. there. Like the firework truck explodes. Yeah. And, was, and like when the mummy horse like gently realizes that Rick's riding it, so he's like, fuck yeah. him. And then he like... Hits the head off the mummy horse. So I was like, that was yeah. cool looking inside and seeing the lava. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's like there was still some cool stuff going down. And the the those stunts Kate mentioned, Kate saw it. She's like, oh, that would hurt when the the truck's blowing up and those the stunt actors actually jump out of the truck onto that road. Oh, and just oh like, like the stunt Evie and stunt Evie, Rick? Jonathan, yeah. I think it was. Because she's like, not even wearing sleeves yeah. or anything. She's just taking that cobblestone. I had an accident where I flew out off a scooter with, like on my knees the way Rick was like the way Rick was flying out. Was like Jonathan? Or Jonathan? Yeah, I think it was Jonathan. Was, oh yeah, Jonathan was flying out like and landing on his knees. I, like... I was like bedridden for a long period of time when like my knees cracked open. Like there's no way I was Rick must have been there because then I feel like the next scene he yeah. was was Rick and Jonathan? Is that who it was? Uh, no, he, Jonathan he and, and Jonathan Evie in the were truck, in the truck, but then they, like Rick quit, was right near them because he, he like, was on the horse oh, still. Okay. And then he had to like hop off the decapitated horse right. statue. But yeah, it was like Yeah, they just like I was like, Oh my gosh, in the next scene are they gonna be like like yeah, Evie should have had like road rash yeah, all right. over her back and stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, she's come back from the dead once. She's yeah, like, she's, like invincible. she's seen worse. <laughs> <laughs> she, oh yeah, the, I didn't even mention this in the second one, but she like walks out at one point. She's like, oh, like, do you want to know what heaven looks like? And Rick's like, I'm already looking at it or something. <laughs> I was like, it's a classy move, but also I probably want to hear what the afterlife is like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, this movie, they definitely were used to coming back from the dead. <laughs> oh yeah, um, after Mummy Horse part, uh, I think Jet Lee burns a dude's head off at this part. Like, he uses like his crazy, like, magic. I just noted that I was like, that looked insane. Like, someone's head just gets burned. Yeah, that sounds it familiar. Been, I think it was the treacherous British man. Yes, yeah. it was. That's right. You're right there. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that was pretty freaking mm, gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cool shot. Um, but yeah, and the like, the massive fireworks truck runs into like a tram in China, yeah. and I was like, there's no way they didn't just kill twenty Chinese people, <laughs> and you guys are the like heroes. <laughs> At least you were. <laughs> Wanted posters all over China for them. <laughs> Yeah, then Alex sort of gets the ninja magi girl shot in that scene, and she's like, her the big thing is, this knife will kill him. I need to tell everyone that every time I meet them. Right, <laughs> yes. This is the only knife we can use. And yeah, oh, yeah. so post-fight they go into Emotep's, the bar, and like... Everybody's guzzling alcohol. Yeah, and Rick like, takes the ice and puts it on his nuts, yeah. and I was like... 
that and like the he set Jonathan's ass on fire and they like they're like okay now that your ass is on fire we just need to say ass on fire like 12 times in the next 30 seconds and I was like just downgrading this in class from like one and two and I was like yeah I feel like even hiring Rob Cohen as your director is like you're admitting to aiming a little lower because <laughs> it's like he's made movies that started franchises but it's like they became franchises despite right. him, not because of him. Which I feel like in the business world of film, it's like sometimes it's like, hey, it's because of me. But right. it's like, probably not actually. <laughs> but yeah, they realize they've got a race to the Himalayas to beat those guys so they can't find out where Shangri-La is. Yes, right. Yeah. Right. So they uh, hire Mad Dog to fly them, don't they? Yeah, another yeah. pilot, another flight. And that's a scary ride. Jonathan's in the back with the yak. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, at least you're getting in some camel humor. <laughs> yeah, yakking that was it good. Up. He's yakking with the yak. Yakking with the yak, and then the yak yaks all over the place. Yeah, I totally forgot about the yak yakking. <laughs> but yeah, they... Uh, find out the diamond that came out of the balloon that came out of the snake <laughs> jar um, the sort of snake cage for the diamond that diamond points the way to Shangri-La so you put it on top of the temple in the Himalayas yeah. yes. and so then uh, they get there and they're sort of camping out they somehow beat Jet Li and his general homie which like, yeah. good for them but they don't really use that time to their advantage Instead, they're having a mother-southern talk where they're pushing him having that romance with the ninja. And I thought that discussion was pretty, like, brutal and, like, very, like, it's like, oh, it seems like you guys have got chemistry. It's like, you literally only saw us chasing a, like, <laughs> chasing a terracotta warrior down the streets of Shanghai. How do you think there's romance? But they're like, well, we gotta motivate this romance to happen somehow. So, like... Yeah, that was real chemistry. And, oh, that was like Alex's intro, even. They were like, oh, you're clearly Rick O'Connell's son. Are you, Alex, the son of Rick O'Connell? Spitting image. And I was like, well, now that you've told me 12 <laughs> yeah. times, I <Okay>. guess. <laughs> what else yeah. do you want to tell me about the movie? And then, like, even Alex's talk with the chick after that, the uh, magi, or ninja magi, his talk with her was pretty brutal. Like, yeah. Oh, well, like, you wouldn't be my type. I mean, I don't know what she sees. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. This is a movie where you had so many adorable, like, man-woman conversations in movie one and two. Like, yeah. It's like they weren't even hitting Scorpion King level. Yeah. <laughs> then Alex has that awkward interaction with his dad about the guns, which I didn't find yeah. authentic or... It was like they... It was, they were just like comparing guns and I don't know, it was, I mean, I, it was maybe it was just like a standoff, no, it was just like a standoff between father and son yeah. and so, the old ways versus the new ways yeah, maybe. Like that one always jams. Yeah. And it's it, like, even in movie two, they sort of have that moment with like Odette and uh, Rick at the trunk of the car and he's like, you want the shotgun? He's like, I prefer the Thompson. Yeah. And it was like, it's like a little moment that yeah. shows you their style, but instead this movie's like... like Let's yeah, hammer you over the head. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely no subtlety. <laughs> I do, I, I do, did like, I did like the time period and the, the feeling of the time period, and then I also liked that whole, 
location in the Himalayas. Yeah. Like, that temple was really cool, yeah. and the atmosphere surrounding that temple where they were going over that bridge, through that canyon, over the bridge, into the temple. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. They kind of brought the atmosphere alive, the yeah. movie alive. It's like the practicality of the sets and stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm digging this. Yeah. Like, Totally. Himalayan temple, and even like the little, like you could tell they actually built that gold pyramid in the middle. Yeah. Of yeah, but that one thing that really I was not okay with that, like the Jet Li and his crew show up and the fight breaks out, and then that girl's like, oh shit's going down. I'm gonna run out and yell out in Chinese and summon the Yeti. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's like. Who's summoned the Yeti? Uh, Lynn. Yeah, Lynn, Lady, right. Lady Magi. I did like the Yeti, though. They were really yeah. cool. I was like, they were well done, but I was like, these are, this, really this is the definition of, like, unmotivated deus ex machina. Of, <laughs> like, uh, what, what are we going to do here? I don't know, maybe they call some Yetis. That's like, uh, how are we going to explain this? I don't know, Yetis speak fluent Chinese. And like, <laughs> it's like, that's like going and send a movie in, like, the jungles of South America and like Brazil and then it's like oh yeah this Brazilian guy can talk to a monkey and they like it's not like oh monkey go over there and fight that it's like the monkey's sitting there understanding every word he's saying I was like I don't know it's like it's like if the Yeti showed up that would have been one thing but then they're like no let's push it one step further into like yeah these Yeti speak fluent Chinese and like they saved her mom 2,000 years ago and it's like that how did the yetis even come down from the mountains so it's like you're prefacing the yetis are like all throughout china and just like overseeing things for thousands of years it's like it's too too much plot being filled in by these yetis <laughs> yeah but then rick gets stabbed and i was like okay so you're gonna indiana jones last crusade mummy returns he got sad, but he'll be dead for the next, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. But even throughout this, it's like, there's good action happening. And, like, yeah. Oh, like, my God. Like, I don't know when it is, if it's happened yet, but when all of the, the like, peasants who had built the wall and got, like, that's, uh, yeah. that's coming this yeah. forward. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, even that, it's like... like that's freaking awesome. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. And even, like, the effect of the gently mummy, like when like parts of him chip away and it comes to like his under face and then it's like you see him in pain as it has to like regenerate that that was mm-hmm. like was some cool effects there was one part where he like he peeled off a chunk of his face and threw it at someone and yeah. knocked him it was, he like, knocked so Alex cool. off the curb it was Alex. Yeah. yeah it was so cool how he did that it's like yeah. wow and speaking of that it reminds me there's something in that last scorpion that I forgot about which was when when the, when the scorpions they were in that torture scorpion scene, um, Hesloth and The Rock. They were in, under the like buried alive, mm-hmm. and then the the scorpions were coming in the in oh, his the mouth. Fire ants. The fire ants, yeah. right? The fire ants were coming in mm-hmm. his mouth, and he was just like, crunch, spit, like yeah. trying to get them all out of yeah, him. Yeah, he's like he's just, fighting them, like trying to like. Yeah, yeah, blow totally it off. good. Totally. Yeah, yeah, and that's like, I feel like you can tell that their focus on this movie was on like the action and the spectacle, and it's like. Those are the moments where they hit it best. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, when Rick and Evie and Alex aren't talking to each other, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. On. right, right. And I'm like, as soon as you start trying to work in your weird, rewritten family dynamic, yeah. I was like, mm. <laughs> no, thank you. 
But yeah, um, I thought the Yetis were pretty selfless. It's like, yeah. it's like avalanche. Okay, let's go jump Tech on these humans. white people we've never seen before. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're white like us Yetis. <laughs> I appreciate it. But yeah, like the Yeti effects were well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, they were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, they were rad. And it was like them going up against Jet Li's magic was pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. like, we're not afraid of your ice. <laughs> then he like yells and blows them away. Yeah, no, we don't like the sound. <laughs> yeah, Yetis have sensitive ears. <laughs> but yeah, it was good to see, like, I, I didn't even think Michelle Yeoh would come back. Yeah. But, yeah, and seeing her come back is like, Oh, that's Lynn's mom. That was I, cool. I guess that. That was a little predictable for me. Yeah. Were, I, I thought she would be her mom, but I didn't think... I just thought she'd be dead. Right. I was yeah. like, Lynn will be immortal. But. Yeah. And then I also predicted that um, Lynn would lose her immortality yeah. at one point. Mm-hmm. And even that was sort of like, it just happened because. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, so you both need to give up your immortality... For this to happen, even though you both know where to go back and get your emotion yeah. again, and I was like, sort of just seemed like a, oh, well, we'll do this because then we'll have to have one less thing to explain our way out <laughs> of later on. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Whereas like the first two are so good at like setups and payoffs and like, mm-hmm. like even like I'd say the most obvious thing in number one is like the guy being like, oh, I hate bugs, but it's like even that is like. The payoff is so delicious. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. it's like a moment you loved to see coming from a while away. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's yeah yeah they're just like okay so Michelle got saved and became immortal because the Yetis just brought her to Shangri-La. Okay, I can I guess they're like oh you're a cool sorceress come live with us. Why the heck not? So she's just been kicking it for 2,000 years. 2,000 years. And then, yeah, um, uh, the, the yeah emperor shows up while they're there, and, like, Rick's been fully healed at this point by Michelle's magic, and then he pops in, and Evie is immediately like, his powers have been fully restored, and I was like, what the hell would you know? I was like, you don't even know this, the legend of this guy. I was like... Alex should be the expert on this, but even yeah. he's like, oh, my mom just knows the Everything. general mummy rules. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mummy knows mummies. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, and even um, Jet Li's mummy looks at Lynn and is like, oh, that's my general's daughter. And I was mm. like, dude, you have got to have great eyes. So it's like, how do like, in one look, you know, it's like he should have known, like, okay, that's probably Michelle Yeoh's daughter, but it was like, yeah, it's a pretty good pull out of thin air. <laughs> but then he becomes a dragon, so it's yeah, it's all good. That was wild. <laughs> I wrote down literally what made him a fucking dragon. That's <laughs> like, because you just see like his face in like that pool, and I'm like, okay, Jet's regenerated. That's like another face, another face. <laughs> Why are you getting scales? What is going on? No one explained that this was part of the legend. Yeah, I know. I was like, did they, were they trying to... Like, I didn't get that. Yeah, I Was think, it just to live up to the title? Did they make the title before yeah, the, like... They were like, he's the story. dragon emperor. Let's make him a dragon. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I, 
I might get my movies mixed up, but I think at the beginning there was a an explanation that if he ever came back to life, he would make himself into a hideous monster or something along those yeah. lines. And yeah, but I feel like the Emotep rules of regeneration and had like a much more linear like yeah. he needs to do these things that we know and we know what the results yeah. will be. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this movie, it's like okay, now he can just shapeshift into monsters at yeah. different times. And mm-hmm. that weird last bear monster was a little, like... Yeah. It's like, that's just out of nowhere. He hops into it for a second just to run, then it's like, okay, I'm Jet Li. Yeah, yeah that was weird. And then, yeah, jumps back into that for the fight with Rick and Alex. And, yeah, they don't really explain why they have to sacrifice immortality to bring up the man under the wall, but I did like the skeleton army. yeah. That yeah. was cool. And seeing the general come back with, yeah. like, one arm, I was like... Yeah, that was cool. He made for a cool mummy, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I thought that visual was really cool. Mm-hmm. And the comeuppance for all of those. Like, just the fact that the skeleton army yeah. were so hard done by, and then they got to win in the end was somewhat satisfying. Just yeah. the visual was really cool. Yeah, and I, yeah, I feel like yeah, there was yeah. a missed opportunity on having... Michelle Yeoh's character meet the mummified general again like mm. they didn't give mm. us that yeah, like right, right. Imhotep and Noxuna Moon like mm. they could have hit that like yeah. moment of like she's dying for real this time and he's dying again yeah. like hold his good mummy point. hand as you both die mm. like, I feel like that was a missed opportunity yeah, for a point. little more emotion mm-hmm. right. but like she did see her daughter before yeah. she got, got iced so and she had a cool death. Like it was, it was cool how she like kind of stepped into the sword and yeah. grabbed the dagger out of his yeah. waist. And that little live action fight was one of the better fights. Yeah, I totally. Thought, like just seeing like two legit martial artists yeah. and show us what they got. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yep, I wrote down now Jet Li is a bear monster and <laughs> question mark exclamation. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, sort of Rick and Alex are having their fight, and then Rick is like, hey, like, you just stabbed my son, but, like, turn around and fight me like a man. And he's like, Jet Li's like, hmm, I don't speak English, and I have no idea what you just said, but I feel like you're challenging my manhood, so I'm going to kung fu fight you right now. And it's like, okay. But then he fights him like a man for a little bit, but then he um, turns back into bear mode. Or actually, no. He got turned back from bear mode with like the stab in the right, shoulder. Yes. And then the knife gets snapped because he throws it at Rick, and I'm like, Rick, I know you can catch a knife. Yeah. <laughs> We've been through this. <laughs> but then the knife breaks, and Rick and Alex have to stab him from opposite sides. They divide and conquer. Yeah. The division symbol, I was like... <laughs> best you got <laughs> and it was like they could have like that's the thing they could have like built in before in the script mm. I feel like that could have been set up and felt like a payoff instead of like division divide and conquer right right on it's like in that panicked adrenaline state I'd be like why is there a math symbol where'd my son go <laughs> like why is there half a knife <laughs> I'd be in like a fugue state of like I gotta kill this crazy emperor <laughs> but uh, yeah I, it was cool. It was a very cool death effect I yeah. wrote down. Like yeah. them stabbing him through either side and then him turning into like the stone mummy again. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was cool. But yeah, he was sort of like magma ish, I felt like at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
felt like they were lacking a little bit on the scares from the other movies. Mm. Like, the other movies weren't, like, a white-knuckled fear ride, but, like, at the same time, they still gave you some spooks. There was one cool moment where the general turns and saw his daughter at the end. And he just kind of, like, I think he raises his his uh, sword and then they all just turned to dust. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but once again, it's like, did he even know that was his daughter at that right. point? And it's yeah. like, if we had that little moment of him and Michelle and then like, they are both dying and look up at their daughter, that would have been like, mm. yeah, yeah. Good like, point. that could have been some powerhouse yeah. moments. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like this movie was just not really interested in those moments. It was more like, we got this action and I was like okay the mm-hmm. action's good but what happened to the characters I loved right <laughs> um so yeah yeah burp, 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 burp. yeah originally Rick was gonna die in this one. Oh, oh really yeah. which like I feel like that would have been a real like mic drop moment if he did die in like mm. the temple in yeah. the, the Himalayas yeah but, right which yeah I feel like they probably should have but yeah. I think they were like oh this will like kick off the part two of the mummy franchise right. and instead they just drove it straight into the ground yeah. <laughs> yeah. which like honestly looking forward to the Tom Cruise mummy it's like I know I'm curious I, I don't even know what to expect at all yeah well it's gonna be the start of a universal monster universe so they're talking about having like uh, Dr. Jekyll shows up in the new Mummy with Tom Cruise, played by Russell Crowe. They're trying to do Javier Bardem as Frankenstein, uh, trying to get Angelina Jolie as Bride of Frankenstein. They're bringing back Van Helsing, Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man. Hugh Jackman Van Helsing? Uh, no, it'll be, I think they might do a Lady Van Helsing, just to like change the vibe and yeah. not make people think of Hugh Jackman. Right. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for a huh. successful monster universe right. as long as like, it, and it looks like they're aiming for the vibe of Mummy and Mummy Returns, cool. of like yeah. the adventure movie. But it's supposed to be like, they're adamant that they've got some real horrifying stuff. Cool. In it, so mm. I'm ready. And uh, yeah, I love Tom Cruise when he's yeah, uh, yeah when he's acting. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah but. Overall, where do you guys land in the tomb of the Dragon Emperor? Uh, this is this was this is a hard one, I think, for me to to raise. Um, it was so. I think I was like hugely disappointed that Rachel Weisz didn't come back, mm-hmm. and that for me kind of set the stage for the movie. Um, it just like the relationships weren't there, the dialogue between Rick and. Evie wasn't there. Um, it was great to see Jonathan, and it was great to see the original, you know, Brendan Fraser. Um, it just, it just kind of, yeah, fell fell short on a lot of different points. Um, I would recommend this movie to people who enjoy action. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say watch the first two mummies first if you will like action and you just want to watch a movie then watch this on its own don't yeah. expect that it follows the first two mummy movies or prepare to be disappointed if that's what you are expecting um i liked a lot of things about it i liked the himalayas i liked the time period there was some really good action in it um so i think i would probably give it like a 
2.9. Yeah. That was so going to be a three that came out of your mouth. Yeah, it well, just turned into yeah, a two I was point generous out. with the Scorpion King. And hey, I mean, I like I was talking with Max like before we did this episode, and he was like, "The Scorpion King is the one I remember the most." Yeah. Like he remembered loving that as a little boy. So it's like, I feel like the Scorpion King does have its champions. Right. Like, yeah. It's a reason it got four sequels. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Right. Like, it stands alone in its own way. I can see how it could be. Much like mm-hmm. the theme song by Godsmack. Yeah. Godsmack. Yeah. No, I mean, I really wanted to love this movie, but there were just too many things working against it for me to give it a higher rating. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, because, like, uh, watching this movie in my four days for Mummy movies, mm-hmm. like, after having not really been exposed to Mummy movies at all, um... And not even being an action movie type person. So I feel like I've been exposed to more action scenes and trying to be like, okay, this is an action scene. Like, what do you like about this action scene? What do you not like? I've been trying to be aware of, like, what makes an action scene. So now that I've heard a lot of your points, Chris, I feel like I... I feel a little bit educated because... in in the reasons not to like the movie, um, which maybe I was picking up on kind of subconsciously as I was watching, but I think most of my focus was just like, okay, Kate, try to follow the plot. <laughs> try to follow the plot and try to follow like who the characters are and um, what's happening. That was sort of my goal going in. So I, I was like acknowledging on some level that the banter wasn't as good and things were a bit cheesier and I didn't really like the Alex kid was so watchable I knew like I knew that and this guy I was like not as into more milk toast like yeah totally and then uh, you know absorbing this new new Evie character when I what's got what got me in what got me into the Mummy movies was probably Evie's original character. Mm-hmm. And like, and then it just kind of kept getting better and better. Their Dianic was so cool, and then their little kid was such a weirdo riot. Like, them as well. Yeah. So I think that that, that being what got me in, um, I was like, okay, so that, that's not there anymore, so that's not hooking me, but yeah. So it kind of, I don't know. I think what I I went in with the attitude of like okay what do I like what do I like and because I was really trying to like these movies because <laughs> um, and I did end up liking the first two um, and I liked the booby traps uh, I thought those were so cool the Chinese booby traps I liked the location I liked um, Jonathan like I was just like wow what an actor like mm-hmm. he just showed up spot on with every joke he yeah. ever had to make in any of those movies yeah. like and he like, was he's the most consistent yeah. ever, like even more so than Brendan Fraser I would say mm-hmm. like, yeah he still feels like vintage Jonathan in this totally. movie totally and to be fair like Brendan was up against you know a partner change and like yeah, exactly it's like, it's like and like on the page, he f- like the script for this made him into a little more of a Different weird person. guy. Like, yeah, it's like trying to be like, oh, he probably would have been a bad dad if he continued being a dad, right? And yeah. it's like, well, why? It's like he was rocking it as a family man. Yeah. yeah. So I guess yeah, all said, pretty much liked 
like some of the visuals. I like the mummy or the skeleton army. I liked the booby traps. Um, it moved fast. It moved fast enough <laughs> for a movie, so that helped. <laughs> um, I don't think I'd necessarily recommend it to anyone. I was kind of shocked that Roger Ebert gave his review of this movie as it being the best of the Mummy series yet. And I'm like, I wonder why he said that. I'm confused why he said that. I was like, maybe he's like best friends with Maria Bello and wanted to make her like feel better. I don't know. I don't know why he said that. Sometimes he likes bad movies, though. Like, he really liked Speed 2 more than Speed 1, even. And I was like, I feel like this falls into the Speed 2 category of, like, I had a fever, Robert. Right. <laughs> or Roger, sorry. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I'd probably just... Th get, I'd th I'm going to give it a 3, but I'm, like, throwing it away. I'm just like, yeah, 3 out of 5, but, you know, take it or leave it. It could be 1 out of 5. It could be... <laughs> I'm just going to say 3 yeah. out of 5 because it moved fast. There were some cool original um, visual ideas that I thought were watchable. And like, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I walked into this movie, like this was my first time seeing it, and I thought it was going to be worse than it was, which like, I was surprised. I was like, the action like really... Were it not for the action, I would have been like, this movie is unwatchable. <laughs> but, like, I'm. It's probably the harshest I've rated anything on the podcast so far. I'm gonna give it a 1.5. Because, like, it still has some merits. And, like, I, as someone who loves the Mummy movies, I'm glad I've seen it now. Like, I'm glad to have closed the door on the Mummy. And I think if you love the Mummy movies, you should see it. But I probably will not revisit this again like i would sooner watch the scorpion king for sure mm -hmm. and like even like after watching this i was like oh the scorpion king like almost feels like a minor miracle for being as good as, as it is without like any of the principles even in there it was right. like they didn't have brendan fraser or jonathan or like mummies and they still made a better mummy movie than this mm -hmm. one right but like this one like the action and spectacle is clearly what they focused on, and I feel like those are the moments when they are hitting it hardest. Like, mm -hmm. that's when they're doing their best. And, like, Jet Li, every time he's on the screen, it's a better movie, and same with yeah. Michelle Yeoh, but... Yeah, that's true. Even Brendan Fraser, I feel like, is hamming it up a little bit, and Rachel Weiss would have, like, knocked this out of the park. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like the studio just wasn't interested in making a movie as classy as right. the first two. Which, like... It's a shame. Yeah, I feel like The Scorpion King needed a few tweaks, and it could have been a four-star, like, better villain, a little more magic. I would have been, like, boom, right up there with Mummy mm. and Mummy Returns. This movie would have needed a serious <laughs> overhaul. Complete makeover. Which, like, I feel like China, the setting, was one of the strongest things they were working on. Mm. So, mm -hmm. like, good things are in here. There's yeah. some good moments. Which is what makes it kind of watchable. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's definitely a watchable movie. Mm. But, like, if it if I had seen this movie and the it wasn't part of the Mummy franchise, I might have liked it more. Mm. Like, yeah. It might be at a 2.5 rather than right. a 1. Yeah. But, like, 1.5 has got to be... Where I close the tomb <laughs> and bury the sarcophagus on the swamp. Throw scarab in there for good measure. <laughs> Tom Cruise will be dancing on this grave come June this year. So I think with that, we're all done. Well, it bids you farewell. Yeah, rest in peace, Emotep. <laughs> oh, say it isn't so.
another podcast done. But as always, I shall return. And next week, spoiler alert, it's going to be a banger. I mean, I may have listened to it already. But we've got El Mariachi coming at you. The full dang series. As always, if you like the show, or you want to give us a shout, or request a franchise, or what the hey, leave us a little review. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Mr. Franchise Pod, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and all your favorite podcast and apps at Mr. Franchise. And last but not least, on Instagram at Sure Loser. This week's recommendation, if you're looking for something to wipe the taste of the filthy third mummy out of your mouth, I recommend a little Australian horror flick from 2014 entitled The Babadook. Directed by Jennifer Kent, it's a little banger about a distraught single mother who's a little traumatized and dealing with a very difficult child, and she may or may not be haunted by a spirit from within an evil-ass book. It's pretty darn good, gang, and definitely a hell of a lot better than The Mummy, and better than Scorpion King, I'll say. With that, I'll bid you adieu until next week, gang. Thank you for joining us. Peace. I put down more mummies in my time than you. You put down one mummy, Dad. Yeah, same mummy, twice!